0: Cliffcentral.com. Future CEOs on com.
1: How weird does it feel to be in studio, Hlui? What a
2: tune, what a tune Welcome back everybody and welcome to Future CEOs It, it
1: feels a little foreign here I saw, I saw a meme during the holidays where it was one of those uh, from the Lord of the Rings <laughs> I, I don't have a recollection of this place or something <laughs> so, I mean, And that's what it kind of feels like here but it also feels like home, doesn't it? I missed you of course, you missed me. I missed you as well, <laughs> and we missed our guests. And uh, um, uh, did you guys miss us? <laughs>
0: Partly. Okay. okay. Silence, <laughs> silence.
1: Silence. Silence. Yeah. Well, thanks for that. Um, welcome to Future CEOs, guys. It's great to be with you again. We're here. We're broadcasting live from Cliff Central here, Johannesburg, South Africa. It's great to be with you, Um Hlubi, you get to do this for the first time this year <laughs> Tell everyone what the show is about
2: Welcome to the show everybody And this show is really for that ambitious entrepreneur Or that high potential executive Who truly wants to grow their business And fast track their careers I believe that we all want to be mavericks So this is the show that gives you skills Informations Sometimes we go out there and really mix with the best yep, And sometimes yep. we bring the best into studio So welcome to the show And welcome to 2017 everybody
1: Yes, happy new Yeah, uh, and that's what we're going to be doing on the show today. So the the second half hour, we're going to be talking about how we mustn't get distracted by the trends that are out there, the things that maybe we're in a retail environment and suddenly there's the rise of virtual retail. We mustn't be distracted by that if it's going to take us away from achieving our goals for the year. That's the second half hour. First half hour, we are going to be talking what those trends are. We've got two of our favorites.
2: Oh, man.
1: Yeah, some, some really, <laughs> really good friends of future CEOs yeah. here in studio. Guys, introduce yourselves as you always do when you come into the future CEO studio. Uh, t- who are you? Kyle, go. we'll go with you, but you must be short because you weren't very complimentary when we All asked right. you <laughs> sorry.
0: Apologies. <laughs> Apologies for that. Uh, my name's Kyle Torrington. I'm co-founder of Legal Legends, and I've helped out occasionally on the future CEO show for what, the last year and a half, I think? Yep. Two, yep. two, years, two ago. years. Two years. We did that startup segment as well. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's going well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, of course it is.
1: Future shows doing very well. <laughs> well, it's good to have you here, Carl. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, um, despite,
3: despite Carl's uh, lack of flattering comments, I'm very happy to be back in studio. <laughs> <laughs> um, Andrew Taylor, uh, also the. I'm the co-founder of Legal Legends and yeah been involved with the show for the last couple of years and glad to be distributing the knowledge.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, good, good. Let's jump into the conversation. We are talking trends. What what to look out for in 2017? What's going to influence us uh in our various Uh, businesses or careers you guys are the experts that's why we brought you here tell us what we should be looking out for we've got a couple of things that we also want to chat about and we'll ask you about what are your thoughts on and go andrew
3: uh, so one of the things I think that's uh, Most closely relevant To uh, our industry Being the legal industry yeah.
1: um, Is the
3: As I make a very nice sound Is while that I pull tummy? My, no, no, no <laughs> I, had, I just had lunch <laughs> uh, yes, Is the yes, evolution Of, of chatbots So Okay um, A lot of resources Are dedicated to dealing With customers And to assisting customers In achieving their Legal resolution Particularly in our business And the evolution Of artificial intelligence To enable um, Chatbots Which basically is that little tab At the bottom of your screen Which says uh, I see you're online Do you need help? How can I help you? It feels personal
1: But it actually isn't
3: That's exactly it mm. So the real magic Is in creating that Personalized experience And making someone feel Like they've actually um, that they are actually corresponding with An actual human being, otherwise known as the Turing test, so mm-hmm. a very interesting Evolution, so I know carl has got some thoughts On the evolution of chatbots and its integration Into Azure, the Microsoft platform mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool
0: Yeah, I think, um, I think most startups, if I'm not mistaken, have free access to the Microsoft Azure platform. If you go through one or two of the incubators in South Africa, uh, we've just come back from the Hague where we had a team from Microsoft show us exactly how Azure works. And one of the platforms on there is the ability to create chatbots through. Natural language effectively And without, having the, no, without needing the knowledge Of being able to code um, So yeah. I, I think it's a great way for, 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 for non-technical founders Of startups to be able to use And create chatbots Without okay. having the coding knowledge which is, which is normally necessary So I think the barriers to entry Of uh, being able to use these chatbots are, are really, really lowering um, And I'm really looking forward To the future of them
1: So the only thing with this Is that uh, when something pops up I, I know it's not human so doesn't that really count – isn't it counterproductive, counterintuitive? What, what, I mean, is it, does it not defeat the purpose of what we're trying to do, what is, we're trying is, to achieve?
2: Is the purpose not it being personalized? So you feel like as a consumer or as the customer that that person is really – that person, you know, inverted commerce is really speaking to you and only you. So that's a connection of real value and real interest in the consumer and the consumer behavior.
1: But if you see behind the curtain, if you pull back this, this
0: curtain, isn't that a problem?
1: I mean, if you, uh, oh, okay, then, then hands, then yes, hands yes, up, yes. hands up, yes. hands
0: up, hands up. I think with, what's quite nice with chatbots is there is often an art where, for example, if I can't answer a question, you do still have human live support that can interject in certain instances where the chatbot might not be able to answer something. A lot of the live chats on sites are still personal. For for example, um, our site uh, does still have the human touch to it, no chatbots as yet. Um, But as I said, there is the ability where if it cannot answer anything, a human can come in and interject and answer the more complex questions, so retaining that personal touch at the end of the day.
3: But I think at the, at the end of the day, what you need to focus on is this is the logical end point of the evolution of customer assistance because mm. it's uh, – the point of comparison is really uh, Mr. Sanjit in Hyderabad in India, mm. which is not exactly a personalized experience if, yeah. you fo- if you're phoning into legal agents. Good so point. Uh, Good point. Uh, regardless of that, the end uh, analysis needs to be – is your, is your customer service being met, your customer service requirement mm. being met? Mm. So if you need a refund off your flight tickets, uh, it doesn't matter who helps you, whether it's a chatbot that achieves the solution mm. or uh, mm. a human being, does it really matter? You're not sold. there to make good, friends. Sold.
1: That's a good question. It's, it's very good. Let's, uh, let's us raise one. So we did mention in the introduction uh, virtual reality, virtual reality experience, virtual reality uh, retail experience. We could right now put a pair of goggles on and we're in the uh, – what's your favorite brand, Lumi? Clothing Versace. Brand. Versace. Versace. A Versace store where we, <laughs> we literally can pick items off hangers and they are here around us in studio. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's, an, it's weird. It's also incredible. How do you guys feel about mm. a retail experience that is virtual – that where you don't actually have to leave your house yeah. it sounds great for men, I think. Yeah, I think it's, uh. it's damn exciting,
3: <laughs> particularly if it's got an integrated chatbot that tells you, "Hey, that doesn't quite match." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what I what I really think is cool is the is Part of that virtual reality experience is eventually being able to, like Warby Parker's introduced. So it takes a photo of your um, of your face, and then you get to actually try on the glasses that you want to put on, and, word, it, and it man. looks like it would in real life. Mm. And the same will eventually happen with clothes, so you can wear that Versace shirt or the Versace mm. shirt, as they say in <laughs> Benoni. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to all our Benoni listeners.
0: No, I think for fashion, especially, I think it's going to be um, it's going to be a huge benefit. Um, Up until this point in time Unfortunately Guys like uh, Zander etc Have uh, solved the problem Of clothes being Slightly different fitting By just um, allowing For free returns But uh, being able to See yourself in a mirror Or see yourself With VR goggles Or I know there's a place In the US Where there's actually A mirror within The department store Where you can try On the clothes virtually I think will solve A huge problem uh, That uh, especially Clothing manufacturers And distribution outlets From an e-commerce aspect um, Have struggled with For many many years And Mm -hmm. another
3: one That's really cool is imagine being able to try on that like dashing extreme blonde hairstyle with the red streaks before you actually go to the hairdresser and get it done you can see how retarded you're going to (laughs) look
1: well i I think half the the half the fun is just doing it right but but i think what we really do are speaking about here is a service that uh, is allowing us a certain level of convenience but I guess my concern is a lack of personal interaction. Mm. Uh, and I hear what you say where, well, we just have to accept it. But do we really just have to accept it? Or is a differentiator in the future going to be personalized contact from a real human being? Mm. Well, we must look at it in a certain kind of context. Yeah?
3: So interestingly, The Economist actually uh, cites the personal training profession as one of those professions least likely to experience disruption by technology, okay, which I found fascinating wow. because – I mean there's a range of, of personal training apps, but at the end of the day, people do still want that human interaction and that human touch as far as – although not too much touching when, when it comes to personal training. <laughs> yeah, and but, you
1: guys are legal, so you know. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but yeah, so I, th- I think you're 100 percent right. That's definitely going to be a differentiating factor, but I think that differentiating factor will only serve the sort of very top end of the market as it becomes more and more expensive to maintain that human interaction. Mm. Conversely, how much cheaper Mm. it's going to become and how much lower the barriers of entry are going to become as far as having a mass-produced chatbot or a virtual reality assistant that comes in and helps everybody for no money.
1: You know what I like about it is that uh, so many businesses try and differentiate on a customer service element, and uh, I I don't know who's – maybe it was – who's our favorite Clive? Clive Butko coming in and saying you never differentiate on price and you never differentiate on service. Uh, those are two things that you, uh, yeah, it's just not where you're going to be competitive. Yeah, yeah, although yeah. people
0: try to be. I know with, with Zappos, if you read uh, Delivering Happiness, uh, Tony Shea was a founder of Zappos in the US, which mm. I think is the bing- biggest online distributor of shoes. And his whole book, his whole ethos is about incredible customer service. Mm. Um, and it's really what he's been able to build the Zappos brand around. So, yes, I think traditionally. You know, it's, it's very hard to differentiate based on those aspects, but it is something that Tony Shea swears by. I mean, I know a lot of guys have been trying to copycat that sort of idea from it, but once again, that would really entail, and it does entail the personal touch. Someone is willing to sit on the phone with you for, for an hour I or know. so. And if I'm not mistaken, half of the time, th- some of the guys phone in to test the customer service at uh, Zappos, mm. for example, ordering pizzas mm. and seeing if the, the guys on the other end will help or them, or help them phone get a helps. pizza instead yeah. of some shoes. Yeah. 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 Well, if you
2: yeah. want to join in, on the conversation listening to future CEOs with our legal eagles our legal legends right here in studio please use the cliff central whatsapp number 079-748-2090 and we're talking about what to look out for when it comes to trends to grow and fast track your business in 2017 continue Andrew continue
3: Uh, so one of the other trends that I think I've um Seen a lot of more recently Is the growth of the Financially empowered millennials yes. And where their buying power Is going to be vested Is a really interesting study In the sort of evolution Of what we value as a society
2: That's so and, great
3: And I think particularly The financially empowered millennials are focused on a far more uh, social impact-driven economy, so mm-hmm. more than just the profit-driven economy. Mm-hmm. So you see, and I'll mention them again, startups like Warby Parker and uh, even uh, Zappos, that like Carl mentioned earlier, are introducing significant programs where not only are you purchasing a commodity or a good, but you're also benefiting somebody else. So Warby Parker's got the buy one, give one free um, uh, glasses. So you buy a pair of mm-hmm. prescription reading glasses and they help a uh, uh, person in a less privileged or developing, developing economy and to get Drew a And these
2: young of, uh, professionals are truly moving into the CEO positions quickly and easily, you know
3: what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. So driving more and more of the direction of the economy as their financial empowerment increases.
1: And it has been recognized by senior leaders, so you'll remember Luby we had a guest who was here in studio who was being supported very almost directly by Richard Branson. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to hash the... the the uh, brand, if I'm, if I try and say it properly, I think, but Vite, which is
2: London Vite, yes, yes, exactly, Vite London, great, the has uh, got brand. a great memory, friend. <laughs> oh yeah, <God.
1: laughs> uh, but 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 he, why why is he doing so well? Because people are buying into this idea of social impact. Yeah, absolutely. Making those mm. changes. Are the corporates ready mm. for it? Are they moving in the right direction? I was in a very Interesting conversation with Dion Chang this morning, uh, Andrew. You know, you know Dion. I'm sure. I think you may have had some kind of mm-hmm. similar discussion there, where he's speaking about the millennials, but then the, even the generation after, and the, the way that they're going to be buying, consuming, running businesses. The, mm-hmm. the world is changing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, these technological trends, these advances that we're talking about here. Are the major drivers of it A large majority of it Let's, let's go into one other one here Because I want us to stick to, with this idea Of personalized contact There's something called post-demographic consumerism And it's about being anonymous um, and But still receiving what you want And the, the in the, the article that I read about it They, they speak about Spotify mm-hmm. So Spotify gives uh, And I'm going to read it um, they think Spotify's Discovery Weekly Which sees over 40 million users Receive a unique playlist every Monday So mm. it's, it's a mass mm. audience Receiving the same Essentially what is the same thing um, But they uh, you can't measure it Because everyone's, everyone's Anonymous almost on, on the Spotify Spotify platform What do you mm. think of this idea Of post demographic Consumerism Where so much of what happens online, which is data-driven. Oh, yeah. Everyone's pointing at me. <laughs> why,
2: why is he pointing at me? <laughs>
1: Shitty, what no, do you no, think no, no, about no, no, post-demographic no. consumerism?
2: Ask the experts,
0: damn
3: it. <laughs> I think, I think Gareth just made that up <laughs>
0: to, yeah. to try oh and
3: stop yeah, so awesome us. An Gareth, <laughs> give us an example of post-demographic consumerism. So, you mentioned Spotify. So, I, as I understand the weekly playlist, Spotify sends you a uh, uniquely... <laughs> customized, uh, curated uh, playlist based on your previous listening experiences and what you've enjoyed or haven't enjoyed.
1: Well, so let's go to the other end of the spectrum where we look at what is happening all over the world when we speak about data, data, data. Mm -hmm. And it's that we can can almost carve out – and some people say niche. Some people say niche. You carve out a niche audience – from all over the world and you supply directly to them mm. based on data, demographics mm. that you're able to to pull out and then um, are able to supply uniquely to them. Mm. Now, th- but we're talking about – or the, the, the question that's been asked in this, this article is how do, we, how do we go to scale then? If we, if we, if we only have a very small audience, mm. how do we go to scale? And they're saying look beyond the demographics. Mm-hmm. Can you do that? Can you do it in a legal sense?
3: so i think i think you can yeah i think you have to in the legal in the legal sense because you've got a universally applicable system or not universally but jurisdictionally applicable so for south africa for example we have certain regulatory constraints within which we have to operate Mm. so it's a lot easier to look past the demographic but i think the converse of that is that it makes it a lot more difficult to actually appeal to an individual to buy Mm. one service over another Mm. um so Gareth, you you mentioned something quite interesting, and that's the evolution of big data. So I read somewhere um, the other day that that the world produces 2.73 quintillion bytes of data.
2: Quintillion.
3: It's a lot. Yeah. So, to give you some context, if you put every one of those um, pieces of data or every byte of data as a one as a one round coin, it would be sufficient to cover the la- or layer the Earth five times over.
1: <laughs> one round coin, one quintillion, rand coins,
3: quintillion okay, so. bytes of data per day, incidentally. Yarr. So, it's an incredible amount of data, and I think that there's, uh, particularly in the startup environment and the entrepreneurial ecosystem, there's a strong focus towards uh, driving real user data and then metadata which is data about data. But at Mm. at the end of the day, um, a lot of what what happens is you get stuck within this – Pool of data which you're collating and collecting from all of your users but there's no tangible way of actually extrapolating the information that you need and actually using it to better reach your audience in a lot of instances Mm. so you're finding um, as much as data can be empowering it can also be incredibly confusing because there's just so much of this data flowing at you all the time Mm. and you need to be very adept at using that data to be able to better reach your audience Mm.
1: So let's let's then turn this over to you guys so First, when we introduced you on uh, future CEOs, you guys were representing a a brand called LexNov. Now, LexNove is still around, but it's phasing out, as I understand, mm-hmm. and you today were introduced as legal legends, co-founders of mm-hmm. legal legends. You've got, you've got two brands. You bo- both brands are legal um, service industri- um, entities. What's going on here? Why, why is one phasing out? Why, why is one not? This really goes to the heart of the, the data thing, surely.
0: Mm-hmm. Or, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, LexNove is where we started out. It was effectively a Elance for Legal Services. You go onto the site, you post a description of your legal matter, and on the back end over a period of 48 hours, our attorneys would be able to submit proposals to take on your legal matter. What we realized over time, and I think through applications and startups such as Uber, et cetera, there's been this growing need for instant gratifications. Customers don't want to sit through a 48-hour period to wait for proposals to come in. Attorneys, likewise, don't want to have to submit proposals that might never convert. So we thought, well, why don't we take the 40 or 50 most common services we offer – Put them onto an e-commerce platform where the price is listed up front and guys can go onto the site, can can go through the different services that we offer and purchase them instantly. If they can't find what they want, then we reserve the LexNove type bidding process for the more complex matters. Um, So that was the evolution from LexNove to Legal Legends. The the name change was purely because uh, Legal Legends is just more memorable, to be quite honest with you. sounds cool. Mm. Right. Uh,
3: So our tagline is kind of uh, legendary legal services for entrepreneurs. So, again, we focus specifically on that entrepreneurial sector of the market because Mm. we believe that it's a fundamentally underserved portion of the market and providing them – Providing high-quality legal services at a price point that entrepreneurs and small-to-medium enterprises can actually mm. afford. So we've we've pioneered the um, use of instalment payments with <laughs> with legal services, mm. which is mm. which has seen phenomenal traction mm. purely because it provides people who would were faced with a decision of either spending fifteen, twenty, thirty thousand rand on a legal mm. document. All at once; otherwise, the same lawyer that helped them was going to be pursuing them for uh, collections. Great. To a situation where now we're making it a lot more convenient and turning it into, a, as you know, has been our fundamental ethos from the beginning: a far more value-based mm. and service-oriented um, mm. profession, which is what it should be.
1: So, but why did you guys change? How, how did that happen? Because what are we talking about? We're talking about a data-driven decision. Yeah. We're talking yeah. about. Yeah. So, so how did yeah. that? How did it? How did it? So I think – what, the, the, what was that first point of data that you said, wow, this is actually mm-hmm. – this is not working the way we thought it was. Let's evolve.
3: Correct. So I think just to, so to to preface the discussion, it's important to know that you need to be agile and you need to be responsive mm-hmm. to what your users um, mm-hmm tell you and the only way that you can do that is if you actually listen to them Mm. Mm. so what we did is we we compiled a bunch of random customer samples where we phoned guys and said listen how was your experience what did you feel then we phoned attorneys on the other Mm. side what was your experience how did you guys feel and then we discussed it between the Mm. two of us and decided hang on a second there's a massive point Mm -hmm. of friction that we need to resolve Mm. or solve for it's
2: Mm. just to um Climb in there It's so important For entrepreneurs To use their customers As a base To find out The progress Of their own companies You know what I mean I mean I think The times of Well not the times I think Clive Butker would kill me Where people are Actually doing crowdfunding More than venture capitalism As a source of Maintaining and obtaining New business developments You know So your customers Are actually Validates Validates Collect Correct Yes Andrew Absolutely absolutely. Um,
0: also, Also jumping back To the data driven side Of our pivot We noticed through Google Analytics That a lot of guys were coming to the site And bouncing before they posted um, A description of their legal needs And what we realized also over time That bounce rate through asking the client Through gathering data was because they still weren 't sure what they would be charged at the end of the day. was it going to be three grand? was it going to be fifteen grand? Was it going to be thirty grand? At least by providing the cost up front, we realized that a lot of a lot more guys through the data we collect collected were more likely to convert. Mm. in addition to that, the data also collected from the most common legal services that were asked for over and over and mm. over again which obviously educated um, the decision to list those particular services and then the preference of how we list them on the site and how to bundle them together with different startup packages on the Legal Legends site. So it, it really was a natural pivot, a natural evolution that was always going to happen, whether it be under the Lexno brand or the Legal Legends brand.
1: I like the fact that there was a, a collection point of data mm. being online, but then you guys also went offline, mm. went to your con- went to mm. to the, the your clients and consumers because mm. they're definitely, Definitely uh, different points there, uh, and gathered a lot of data. I do want us to move on though. Did you have? A, a yeah, just one point?
3: quick point, and it relates to your earlier point around um, having that personal touch to things. So if you get into an Uber car, it doesn't matter if it's Jim or it's Joe that drives you from A to B. Your end goal is to Provided get from a, a to B.
0: Pistol.
2: A- provided
3: a- that. A- yeah. That's a good point. A- Thank you. A- but but legal services in particular are a high touch, high trust environment because people come to you with their problems and they need them to be solved. So legal services require that high touch, high trust environment, particularly for uh, the more nuanced things, which is something another point of data that we realized and forced us to pivot Being towards what nuance? that. So so basically if I've got an attempted murder charge against me, I want somebody who I know is going to have my back. I don't want a chat bot or IBM's pioneered Watson, who's a, um, an AI bot that's gone to law school and learned a bunch of precedents. People need that, that high-touch environment mm-hmm. where they feel that their personal liberty or their personal uh, possessions are at risk. So, mm. I, I think that's something that's, that ought to be borne in mind as far as, you know, the remainder of the trends that we've discussed is concerned.
1: Now, we've only got a couple of minutes left. Is there a trend that you want to highlight specifically, Libby? I've got one. Go for it. Okay. Uh, let's to quickly talk about this, this thing that is happening. It seems to be happening in a lot of first world markets where Uh, The house has been taken over by uh, (laughs) – Google is doing it. I think Amazon is doing it. Um, It's these incredible systems that are able to control our houses. Um, I'm not 100% sure if I like this idea of no control. But what does that do – and this is the key question – what does it do – Uh, For you as a startup For you as a business Um, Maybe you can work from home Uh, Just any thoughts Thoughts uh, about this idea that at home We can do almost anything now
0: Well I think Amazon's really pioneering it through They started out with Echo Which had the software program called Alexa on it Which is essentially a virtual assistant Through which you can do a whole bunch Of different things uh, through the system Via voice Now from a startup's point of view what's quite nice And I think this is very very interesting um, Is that they've opened it to the general public Much like um, Apple's Opened up its app store to third party developers So third party developers are now Developing what are known as skills Which are essentially apps for Amazon Alexa Which allows you to Manipulate and use the Alexa Artificial intelligence software For whatever needs that you need From it so that's how it's Currently being pioneered and I think it was a Very big or or dominant part of the Consumer Electronics Summit this year – were all these different, uh, all these different um, uh, um, uh, appliances, etc., for the house using um, um, this, this Alexa system, like a, like an intelligent fridge from LG and, and whatnot. Mm.
3: So I think the evolution of the Internet of Things is a huge trend to watch out for, um, or not to watch out for, but to be oh, aware I'd of.
1: I'd say to watch out for. So, uh, we, so we've all know. seen it's Terminator. <laughs> I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> we have all seen <laughs> Terminator. Are you babe? At I, least.
1: Well, I mean it's it's it's. Uh, who was it that has now developed the, the, Some seriously powerful AI Computers that were speaking to each other And de- deciphering code and now they speak to each other And no one knows what they're speaking to each other oh. about So uh, there's, there's There, there could be a loss of control They, they speak in a different language
3: yeah, Skynet speak- is real, Gary yeah, Sky Skynet
1: <laughs> is real Anyway, sorry, we're interrupting up. So the
3: internet yeah. of things is saying that I think Is definitely a trend to watch out mm-hmm. for And the efficiencies that that can bring to your business Are potentially huge, particularly in in the services industry. Um, so imagine a plumber who can um, automatically notify you of the fact that your geezer is leaking because his app has notified him that Gareth's house's yeah, geyser is a, a pressure issue or something. Exactly. Yeah. So those kinds of things allow for have a huge impact on on in, industries like insurance, um, like. Uh, repairs and warranties and all of those types of claims and the, the amount of money that we're paying in insurance is going to dramatically increase or decrease with the uh, the advent of things like mm. automated cars mm. where we don't even need to mm. own cars anymore yeah um you know because you can just hail it from from a, a ride-sharing app which has you know just incredible implications for the efficiencies that we're able to bring to our society so very exciting stuff in my opinion
1: it is exciting carl do you have a, a final word
0: yeah, Before I like the self-balancing bike that Honda just created. <laughs> it is very cool. and and It's, it's just got, got vehicle. And
1: in the in, video, no, 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 it looks around a corner or it, or yeah, it looks like yeah, it looks around a corner. And you can
0: summon it as well, much like a self-driving car. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Uh,
1: and and there are these incredible things going on could be a final word from you before we have to wrap it up
2: I, yes i'm am completely blown over by you know the trends that we can apply to our businesses in 2017 and we have to use it as an advantage as a secret weapon to our businesses so we can win you know those customers and those sales and you know just grow our businesses
1: well on that note after the break we are going to be talking about not being distracted by these things because the flip side the, yes exactly the flip side of all of these trends of the the technological <laughs> advances that are coming our way and so we will see you well,
2: What an introduction. Thank you, Legal Legends.
1: Thank you. What an intro to 2017, guys. (laughs) Yeah, good luck to all of you guys out there. Thank you. Thank you very much. We'll see you after this. Future
0: CEOs on cliffcentral.com.